We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, dot com. There you can listen to old archive shows and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Good morning, gentlemen. Good, Good morning, to see Scott. you all. Good morning, Scott. Yeah. New month. First of uh, first week. Wow. Oh, hey, I hope we- everybody had good tax time. You oh. finished your... <laughs> Submitted your taxes on Tuesday, April 30th. We all had tax parties. Yeah. yeah. There we go. We're going to talk, talk about refunds later. So. <laughs> I do love that commercial tax bite because that's what yeah. it feels like. Yeah. You yeah, got really. that big bite out of you in a particular spot. <laughs> it's just the work to do it all. You know, it's, oh. you know, it, I get a refund uh, because I'm well planned with you guys. But uh, at the end of the day, it's still just a task for us yeah. to get through this. Why is that? Yeah. yeah. It, we just, it's not, other than you guys, I know you jump at it and you love to get it done, but. It's so yeah. easy to, it's so easy to procrastinate oh, because it's just like one of those labors that you have yeah. to do, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, I don't know, some people don't like going to the dentist, you yeah. know, but you yeah. know, you have to do it and right. you, you know, you, you kind of look at it, that date coming up and go, oh God, okay. Well, and, and Hold your nose and do it. <clears throat> not getting a refund. That's yeah. one good reason to get a refund because you'll want to get the taxes done. That is uh, your motivation. See, if you're getting, well, if you have to pay, then you're going to defer right through until the 30th, yeah, right? Yeah, but on the other hand, you don't want to pay penalties, so you want to get it done quick. Yeah. I don't know. I think I am just lazy when it comes to this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right, talking about advanced life deferred annuity. What is that? The ALDA. It's called an ALDA. Oh, right. The Advanced oh, Life Deferred Annuity. And uh, we, we did talk about this a couple of weeks ago after the federal budget was released, mm-hmm. and they talked about opening up the opportunity for Canadians to buy an advanced life deferred annuity. And in, in just in a quick snapshot, what it is is basically an annuity that you would buy uh, today while you're as you retire or you think about retirement. Mm-hmm. Usually age 65 would be the earliest you could buy them. Um, and then it wouldn't pay you until age 85. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk about that because it's something that in the U.S. has been um, a very popular way for people to understand how much income, sorry, how much income they can spend. And I think it frees people up with, to sort of relieve that pressure about living longer. Right. So, you know, when you think about retirement today, the greatest concern that people obviously have is running out of money. And the other concern that I have, and we, Don and I will Mm -hmm. talk about is saving too much. Mm -hmm. Underliving. And it basically results in underliving. And I just had a conversation with a client this week who's 81 and um, her spouse has passed away and now her income is over a hundred thousand a year. Wow. And um, it's, it's essentially piling up. Uh, she did talk about, you know, going on a family trip this uh, summer to Vancouver Island mm-hmm. uh, and taking her two grandkids and her daughter. So I'm, I was glad to hear that because other than that, you know, and it, that ha- tends to be often we see that as people age too, they, they think about traveling locally more yeah. you know, in Canada. Or Something not, they know. They're not worrying about healthcare. The language right. is the same and things are kind of feel safer. So, but at the end of the day, you know, saving too much is another sort of issue that, um, you know, people end up with regrets Mm -hmm. and they think, you know, geez, I guess we could have done, maybe we could have helped out the kids sooner. 
instead of waiting till you know now we're ninety. Um, maybe we could have spent more, done some other things, or or you know, there's just all kinds of what ifs that happen. Mm-hmm. But it's based on that just in case mentality, right? Just in case something yeah, happens, the unknown. We better not spend the money. Mm-hmm. And and most people that have accumulated money have gotten there because of their yeah. frugal good point methods mm-hmm. and processes. So it's you don't really change that much. And so, um, you know, when you think about your money after retirement, it tends to, and we see this, right, where it's actually increasing. Your net worth is increasing uh, after retirement as opposed to decreasing. Because you think about that psychologically, right? If you had a million dollars and today you retired and tomorrow you start getting money from that million dollars, siphoning out a little bit every month. Yeah. What does it feel like to see it start going down yeah. in value? See the pile get smaller. To see the pile get smaller. And how much anxiety does that create? Yeah. And the anxiety comes from that fear of running out. Yeah. And, um, and, you, and you begin to question choices about spending or doing things with other couples and friends because you may, maybe you sh- it's going down too fast. And so the purpose of the, um, of the ALDA the uh, advanced life deferred annuity is to take away some of that stress. And um, when you think about annuities, and and the fact is that at age 85, 50% of us are going to live past age 85. Mm -hmm. So it's a flip of a coin. So when you think about purchasing one of these annuities, you know, it's not that much of a risk at the end of the day. And we'll talk about what they cost and sort of give you an idea of the comparison. So, um, the one thing about annuities today in Canada, before the introduction of this type of annuity, is that you would purchase them typically, um, and you get a lifetime income. So you guarantee that right. you know as long as you live, you're still going to get an income. Uh, but people struggle with this decision because they're concerned about losing control. You know, I'm handing over this money. I don't right. have any more access to it, and it and it tends to be a lot. What if I die early? You know, and, and mm. I don't get the you know I don't get a chance to yeah. to live it out, and you know, is it expensive? And it, it can be expensive. Certainly it's more expensive than it was in the eighties because mm-hmm. in the eighties, interest rates were so high, right. you could get quite, you know, <clears throat> quite healthy payouts from an annuity. So today with low interest rates, the, they tend to be sort of expensive on the sense of how much you can get from these things. Right. So, um, these won't be available till 2020 and, um, and, and really, the, again, what the government's looking at is with the decline in defined benefit pension plans, the, it, it's, re, it's forced us to rely on our personal savings mm-hmm. to make sure we've got enough to, to, to be able to retire. And with your personal savings comes the uncertainty of the ups and downs in the market, yeah. right? So now you've got this million dollars of investments and they're going to fluctuate uh, up and down. We've talked on the show before about sequence of returns mm-hmm. and the risk of that in terms of the retirement phase. Once you begin to retire, if the markets go down in value and you're taking money out, how much can you recover? And that adds a whole nother layer of stress to your retirement thing. So that fear of running out of money, it increases the stress. And really, if you think about it from a government perspective, if people run out of money, then where are they going to go? Yeah. 
they're going to go back to our income support systems. Mm -hmm. They're going to be looking for guaranteed income supplement to be able to maintain a lifestyle, a basic lifestyle. They're going to be looking for, you know, that GIS or OAS security. And so really it's going to put added stress on our government finances to be able to help people if they run out of money. So again, another motivation to create a product that would provide a lifetime income so that we're not going to have to rely on the government uh, or the government doesn't Mm -hmm. have to support this system as well. So um, basically with all of the defined contribution plans and the, and you know, group RSPs and there's a a deferred profit sharing plans, there's a number of different ways that people are saving for retirement. None of them provide an income for life. Mm -hmm. So there is this always this continuous risk of running out. And so when we look at the cost of an advanced life deferred annuity, today, if you, and we just went to a quotation system, uh, this was through Sun Life, um, a female age 65 today, so a single life, <clears throat> if she took $500,000 of her savings and purchased a life annuity, she would receive $28,000 a year. So now that won't be indexed to inflation, so that she'll lose ground over time, but, it, but now she's locked that in, in terms of peace of mind. She knows exactly what she'll get for the rest of her life. So um, now sometimes people but might But the difference add, is when you die, when you pass, that's zero. It. It's it. Zero. Yeah. So that one there was starting at 65. At 65. Yeah. So, in, uh, so you're getting an income starting right at age 65. Right. So under the ALDA, the ALDA, the Advanced Life Deferred Annuity, you would only need to purchase a $50,000 annuity. Hmm. Think of that. So from 500 grand yeah. locked in to provide that 28,000 a year, you could today at age 65 spend 50 grand and at age 85 you would be guaranteed an income of $28,000 a year for the rest of your life. But it doesn't kick in till 85. Doesn't kick in till age 85. Wow, yeah. Okay. Mm. But now think about how you can change things around. So now you've got nine uh, sorry 450,000 yeah. left. Right which you have uh, a 20 year period to use it up. Mm -hmm. So now if you start to see it go down in value, you have a little different mindset around it because you know at age 85, you've already purchased this stream of income. So even if you spent your last penny at age 84, that's gonna kick in. And to be honest, most people in their 80s, um, their spending becomes a lot more stabilized. They're not traveling as much, so your income expenses, I should say, tend to decline at that period anyway. Um, So I think that um, the reason you can get $28,000 for only a $50,000 purchase of an annuity is what we call mortality credits. And mortality credits are basically the fact that only half of us are going to live to age 85. Mm -hmm. So if you imagine 100 people put in 50 grand each at age 65, only half of us are going to draw an income of 28 grand right. at age 85. Right. And that fifth, that 28 grand is going to be a combination of the income. Now you've got 20 years yeah. to allow yeah, your 50,000 yeah. to grow. Yeah. That's number one, plus everybody's. But if only half the people are going to draw out money, yeah. the other half, you basically, you're getting a share of their money. Mm-hmm. So if you die before age 85, your 50 grand is gone. So that's the same as the, the standard annuity that we talked about where she would invest 500,000. Um, and if you, so if you don't make it to age 85, it, you don't get anything. If once you make it to 85, then the 28,000 continues. And again, at death, if you died at age 90, you would have received five years worth and then it stops as well. Mm-hmm. But if you live to 105, 
it so if, keeps if, going. You had, if you had taken the same amount of money at 65 and invested it, where would it be when you were 85? And how much could you get per yeah. year if you and this is, lived in So this is years. a good analysis to look at. Um, and you know, don't have the answer to that question yeah. directly. But what I, the issue enough, is, is that market... kind of working on that a bit. Well, it's the market volatility then that you now have to be worrying about. Right. Whereas the other route, there is no, it's all guaranteed. Right. right. But if you did get 5%, say, it would be worth about 150000 Yeah. Okay. And but right. still, one hundred fifty thousand start taking out know, twenty eight thousand a year, so that would take about six years to erode that one hundred fifty thousand. So at age ninety one, so you'd have to live to ninety one. Ninety one, it would be all mind. gone. Right. That's using a five percent return. Right. Okay, which there's no guarantee yeah. at this stage at, yeah. at mm-hmm. that amount. Where, where the nice thing about annuities, they are guaranteed, mm-hmm. and and the taxation mind, is going to be is going to be less too. Yeah, peace of mind. But the one thing is, we all can wrap our head around an end date. If we have an end date, saying okay. I know I'm getting 20,000 a year in 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. I can live great now for the next 20 years. It frees years. you up to it's spend your money. Exactly. And that's what the beauty of it is. And again, when I look at people that are underspending, this is a great solution. All right. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now. Leave a message. They'll return your call. 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, dot com. We're coming right back. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message, 905-529-7165, and check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Talking about the four phases of retirement. Yes, yes. And right, That sounds exciting. It is. On May the 4th, four phases. Does anybody get this? Oh, Star Trek? Star, oh, yeah. Star Wars. May the 4th be with you. Star yeah. Wars. Yes. Yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> Beam me up, Don. Oh, there we go. Better listen closely. Four phases of retirement. Okay. You know, everybody's heard of the midlife crisis, and we're past that. Now we're in our mid-50s. I'm still waiting for mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you must have got a, a fun car or something. Yeah, maybe. It's a lot better than another spouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot less expensive. Wait I don't care minute. what car you want to buy. Wow. So there's midlife crisis. Everybody's gone through that. But it's amazing how getting ready financially and it was somebody said, and I'll quote this, everyone says you've got to get ready financially. No, no, you've got to get ready psychologically for retirement. Hmm. Lee Iacocca said this. And there's a person that came out of retirement. He did it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> he didn't get it right. but <laughs> <laughs> brought, brought Chrysler back onto its feet. And it's amazing. And absolutely, we, Andy and I have been doing this well over 30 years each now. And it's it's amazing how we our conversations often go to helping our clients on the financial part is a given. We are going to do that for them. Their net worth is going to do okay. We'll tell them if they don't have enough money and they have to work longer so that they will do fine. But then going through on our meetings and discussing, should I, can I afford this? Can I afford that? I want them to have a great retirement. Mm -hmm. We've often said, we want to maximize your fun. Mm -hmm. Well, absolutely. And this is, it's the four phases of retirement. Everybody will go through at least two of these phases, hmm. okay? So right now, to set this up It right sounds now, scarier than adolescence, Don. It, it, it might just be, actually, and we'll get to that. And it was, this is a book written by this uh, Raleigh Moens, and uh, quite interesting. I know, and I've gone to a few seminars, and they've touched on pe- bits and pieces of this, and this uh, particular author has kind of put it together, which is great. Um, baby boomers, first of all, in Canada, went from 1946 to 1965. That's the baby boomer age. They are currently age 73 to 54. Yeah. 
and we're in this room right yeah, here. I'm gonna. I'd love to debate that, but we don't have time. Right. I don't. I don't see how 65 is a baby boomer. The you know the war ended uh, what 1946, but <laughs> I you know. I have a feeling just the amount of babies they're having. That's the baby <laughs> boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it currently is about 27% of the population. Mm-hmm. So right now, over 65 is 18% of baby boomers. Yeah. Most of them have hit. That peak, though, is going to hit in about seven more years. Yeah. And eight years ago. That's because we're joining the party. We're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. Uh, Eight years ago, there was 170,000 people retiring every year. Yeah. Eight years ago. Two more years from now, that will be 400,000 per year. Wow. Okay. Huge amount of people retiring. And this is this big, giant abyss. Mm -hmm. Like, what is retirement? So, life expectancy also. In 1950, the average life expectancy was 68 years old. So, basically, work to 65. Who, who, who needed a financial plan, yeah. okay? You either fizzled out or you went out uh, like a big Roman candle, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but at 2015, the average age at death is 82 in Canada. Yeah. Interesting enough, it's 79 in the U.S. I remember my parents saying, we didn't think we'd live this long. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's, yep. And so they, there's this really interesting commercial, I think it was Prudential, and they put on the wall and they had people walk up and say, what's the oldest person you know? And had a, from 65 all the way to 110. Yeah. Have you ever seen that commercial? Yes. It's like Frisbees they put on the wall. Yeah, yeah. There's so many people that put Frisbees at about age 100. That yeah. was the highest number. Yeah. You wouldn't have seen that before. No. You know, like if somebody knew somebody lived to 100, it's, wow, yeah. you know somebody lived to 100? Now it's almost commonplace. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so right now what you need to look at is what is phase one? And I often call this the honeymoon stage. This author calls it the vacation time. And this is what all those commercials are doing. If you ever look at the commercials for retirement, yeah, they're always fun. Sailboats, sailboat, yeah. golfing, Vespas. yeah, golfing. Vespas. <laughs> trips, <laughs> doing all the things. There's no structure. They're just living the dream. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to do today, honey? Yeah. You know, it's just having fun. They're buying a car, a boat, a vacation property. They're doing something interesting. Um, you know, they got to post something cool on Facebook. They're retired, yeah. right? Um, talking about Facebook, most of the greatest number of people are are retired now, joining Facebook and posting to their grandkids what they're doing. Um, Travel, you know, golf in Scotland, the Antarctic, Kilimanjaro, whatever, they're they're hitting their bucket list. And the average time in this phase is about one to two years. Really? It doesn't last long. Wow, it's, it's like a honeymoon. It is. It's, that's well, it's, it's a bit longer than a honeymoon. It's a, it's a, yeah, <laughs> a little longer than a honeymoon. But it's, you know, vacation is... Is not generally that long, but they had this to-do list. They have all these dreams, yeah. but those dreams don't take as long as they thought. No. And eventually, they actually get a little bit boring. In fact, they start to get a bit egocentric because you're only thinking about yourself, and that mm. doesn't feel right. It feels pretty good at the beginning. That's why they get divorced. Yeah, well, true <laughs> enough. There's actually a lot of divorces that time. Um, and, and the biggest reason there is because they're spending a lot more time with their spouse. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, maybe they hadn't spent enough time before. And they maybe drifted apart and said, well, we'll kind of reconnect in retirement. It didn't quite work out that well. So the early retirement of no return, the, sorry, that early excitement of having no routine gives way to uh, this desire. I need a routine back. Mm-hmm. Like that routine actually is kind of good, but it's it's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Everybody loves structure. Everybody hates structure. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have any structure, it starts going back to, I, I got to have some structure. Yeah. So 
After a while, that gardening and the golfing or whatever you're doing starts to get a little boring. Yeah. And you need to the have- The garage is clean. Yeah. You've done all the jobs. Yeah. You know, all those things. So, you know, you're in phase one when you're feeling this sense of relief, almost exhilaration and accomplishment about just you've created your work and career. Mm-hmm. It's a great feeling. Um, you appreciate having no set routine. And I say for now- but for now, you really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is you regular making travel plans. You're constantly on sites making travel plans. Yeah. You have a series. A, you, you seriously are trying to improve your golf game or your health mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. You now say, this is my new goal. I'm going to get better. I'm reducing my handicap. Or I'm going to lose that 10 pounds mm-hmm. and I'm going to feel better. Okay, whatever it might be, you're generally in phase one. Um, you're considering that trophy purchase. And ah, yeah. whether it's a you know a Porsche or a yeah. boat or an RV or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. it's so interesting when we have somebody retire. Quite often, they might get a trailer mm-hmm. or or a deck because they're going to yeah. spend more time on the deck or a pool yeah. or whatever. Need a it's, present. You, you need something, right? right? Um, and you look forward at that time. You look forward to spending more time with your spouse, um, albeit it might be scary. Mm-hmm. Okay, all these things are a bit scary because you haven't been doing any of these things. Yeah, for it's as all much. new. It's all new. <laughs> yeah. And you actually look forward to just puttering. Yeah. Okay. I just don't want to have any any structure. I'm yeah. just going to just have fun. And if I want to putter, I'll putter. Let me ask you, does anybody over and above the financial aspect and the questions they're going to ask you there, does anybody look at this as this is sort of the last portion of their life? Like this is, you know, you do the, you, you know, you, you grow up, you get educated, you meet somebody, you have kids, you do all the things you go. And this is sort of the last stage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that creep into people's psyche? Does that, how, uh, how does that affect what their, what their, their attitudes? Well, I think people want to know that they've uh, done a good job preparing for retirement. Mm-hmm. But as Don said, it tends to be financial. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and the then, and then you, and then you yeah. often as retirees will sort of compare notes with other retirees yeah, yeah. and it's a little bit of keeping up with the Joneses too, yeah, right. Yeah. That, that if other people are doing certain things like buying that boat or yeah. car, and then suddenly you feel, I maybe, should be doing that. Should, I should be doing <laughs> that. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you question, well, can I afford it? Maybe, yeah. I should, you know, did I save enough? And yeah. so these are all parts of the questions, but it, it sort of defines, it begins to define that phase of your retirement. Yeah. And so I think what Don's saying is that when you're prepared psychologically, those other exterior keeping up with the Joneses issues right, don't right. define you as much. Right, yeah. right. I see, yeah. Yeah, and, and absolutely, you're, you actually led right into phase two. Phase two is feeling lost and feeling lost. Mm-hmm. Okay? Life as you knew it is now gone. Yeah. Okay? You had this structure. You had your friends at work. You you got together and talked about what why the Leafs didn't make the playoffs again this mm-hmm. year. You know, all that structure is gone. And it's this plunge into an abyss of insignificance. You literally have yeah. dropped from the top. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You used to be significant. Well, it's sort of the last chapter. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. You had this... You worked so hard to get to where you were. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now you're just- You're at the finish line, sort of. Yeah. Yes. And I actually find um, men are not as good as this as women in terms of uh, mm-hmm. getting out of this feeling. Yeah. Because quite often- That's why I'm working on it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Work on that retirement. Excellent. Excellent. You're, <laughs> no, you're practicing. That's it. No, really, when you think about it, you have to anticipate, because for us, it's not that far away. Uh, exactly. And, and you know, you start thinking about things like that. Well, and it's so funny because you could go back in our lives and we started at elementary school 
and then you had to do certain well and yeah. lots of structure there. Yeah. Then into high school. Lots same, of goals. Lots yeah. of goals. You had yeah. to set goals and you had to get there and you had to get an 80 average or whatever you, so you can get into that college or university. You got through that and thankfully mm. you graduated. Oh man, what career am I going to pick? Yeah. That's a toughie. I'm going to pick this. I'm going to work hard at it. Boom, I did okay there. And then all of a sudden it goes from that to Quagmire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to run out of money and be a burden on my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's at the, at the yeah, base. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it's kind of interesting. I don't know if uh, you've ever traveled, Scott, but you know, in, you know, you live close by, and if you go to the corner store or certain areas, or even the fitness clubs or whatever you do, you know people. Yeah. And you community, your community, your mm -hmm. people at work. You just know <clears throat> people. You run into people all the time. I live in Burlington. I go to a certain store, and it's almost surprising if you don't meet anybody. Right. Yeah. You're just yeah. expecting to find somebody you meet. No. Mm -hmm. Imagine when you go on holidays. And all of a sudden, you don't know anybody. And it's weird. Like you said, oh, geez, I don't seem to know anybody here. Mm -hmm. That's what retirement is at first mm -hmm. because you're not going yeah. to the same places. You're new to the group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have You're not seeing Sam at work anymore yeah. and, and Jerry or whoever. And you're not having that same conversations. And that structure is, is a love-hate, like I said. So your personal identity is often closely tied to your, pro your professional life. Mm. So I'm an accountant. Yeah. I'm a lawyer. I'm this. I manage lots of people, I have people report to us. You know, it, it gives you the sense of purpose and all of a sudden that's gone. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's very difficult and quite often our purpose in life is, tends to be somewhat job related. Mm -hmm. So we have annual goals and our five-year plans and all those, but now it doesn't. So we start to invade and the worst part is, we, <clears> uh, <laughs> which from our spouse side, as we were just alluding to, we start to invade our spouse's territory <laughs> because all of a sudden, oh, She's he or she's got their routine yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, what are you doing? I just had a recent retiree and he knew he was out of bounds. Hey, listen, you go to, you're not supposed to be here, okay? <laughs> I know you're 65 years old, but hey, I've been doing this for 40 years. Uh, this is my territory. This is my routine. Don't mess it up. Yeah. And he was told in those uncircum circumstances that you better not. So off he's done and he's, and he's already adapted. Yeah. But that was a rude awakening. Sure. He yeah. doesn't know what, she did at home. Yeah. You didn't yeah, really, yeah, you know, yeah. was, but she had her routine. He had his and mm -hmm. life was good. Um, so you have to go, some people, what they do when they go into phase two, because it also leads to um, quite often depression. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would yeah. suggest everybody has this feeling of blah and they'll often go into, uh, they start drinking more, mm -hmm. maybe drug abuse. Mm -hmm. um, they might have to see a, a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know what? Screw it. I'm going back to phase one. It was more fun. And they mm. start golfing or they start trip going trips again. And they just might go back and forth between the two. And there's very few people, only 10% have developed a really good framework while they're working. Mm -hmm. So they have an easy path to retirement right. without feeling this phase two. Yeah, yeah. Because they've built up, say, a volunteer um, kind of side program with right. lots of friends and created an, another Something life. To bridge the gap. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So... You know, so really what happens in stage two, phase two, is you lose your structure, you lose your identity, you lose relationships because all your all these people at work you see yeah. all the time, yeah. they'll keep in touch you, for, you with for a while, sure. but that doesn't last much more than a year. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have as much in common anymore. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they don't have necessarily the time. They were working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay? Good point. You've lost a sense <laughs> of purpose and you've lost a sense of power. So this is all these five things create this anxiety. And again, people start trying to find ways to cope with this. So they're, you know, like an addict who's not really ready for rehabilitation until they've hit rock bottom.
this is the same idea. Hmm. They keep getting worse and worse and worse. And this is not called a midlife crisis. This is called a late life crisis. Hmm. And it's the same kind of thing. And, it, and, and you can get out of this. But one way or the other, you're either going to, it is a transformational time and you're either going to grow or you're going to decline. Yeah, good point. And we've, I've seen personally both. Yeah. I've seen some excel extremely well. Mm-hmm. In fact, I recently just saw a person that at age 40, now this is more midlife, but she, was, uh, she wrote for a beauty magazine. Mm-hmm. She saw her dad go through prostate cancer and she said, you know what, at age 40, I wouldn't mind being, uh, you know, somebody that looks after x-rays and mm-hmm. ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. So she went, she didn't finish her high school, so she went back to high school at age 40. Oh, wow, good for her. And then she did a four-year university program. Wow. And now she is so happy. She mm. started a new career at 45. Wow, good for her. Okay. And it's the same Proof idea. it can be done. It can be done. It's just yeah. a matter of doing it. So you know you're in phase two when you experience the five losses, structure, identity, relationships, purpose, and power. Um, you feel that you and your, sp- your spouse are actually spending too much time together. You're in phase two when that happens. <laughs> you feel a flatness or a depression or a blah feeling, and you need more framework again. You need more structure again. And that's when you're in phase two. So what do you do about it? You jump into phase three. And phase three is called trial and error. You start thinking, how can I contribute? Um, how do I reinvent myself? Kind of like that person that went back to doing ultrasound. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm. and it's like, how do I, you know, start taking a course. You know, you may not like it, mm-hmm. but try it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's trial and error. Um, some people go into ph- photography. They'll mm-hmm. take a course there, maybe a college course. And they'll take pictures and they'll do weddings for people for free. Yeah. You know, it, it has a sense of purpose. Um, you know, try and keep trying to do something until it clicks. And what happens is we are wired. Like we've been wired from day one to do things continually and set goals and to achieve them. We've always wanted to stretch. And all of a sudden in retirement, we're not. Yeah. And that is not right. You should continue to stretch. And my own doctor, we had him on air not long ago. Yeah. And he went from being a doctor, my GP, to all of a sudden um, writing a book. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. quite a fascinating, he started doing some art mm-hmm. things. And it was just, fa- and he's loving this transition. Mm-hmm. And it, it's now, it's kind of interesting. You talk to him. He's not talking about all the patient stuff. He's yeah. talking about his latest hobby and what he's doing. He is just passionate about this. So we're going to go finish off phase three and get into phase four after the break. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165 and look for their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, .com. You can listen to old shows there and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. We're talking about the four phases of retirement. Yes, and, and again, our human nature is to be happy. We have to keep stretching and growing. And it's kind of interesting. Einstein's famous quote is, life is like a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. Yeah, yeah. And it's true. You try, to, you try to balance a bicycle when you're hardly moving. Mm-hmm. It works far better when it's moving a little yeah. quicker. And so you know you're in phase three when you start asking yourself, how can I still contribute? Uh, number two is you, you are, are actively exploring options that will feel like you're making a contribution, you'll feel good about them. Uh, number three is you commit to a specific venture. Okay, you're actually committed to something. Number four, you're prepared to go back to the drawing board if your venture of choice doesn't work out. And it's kind of interesting because 
stage three is where you know Colonel Sanders. Mm. He had sixty five. He yeah, thought, right. "What am I going to do the rest of my life?" Yeah, fried chicken. And that's when he started. Yeah. At age sixty five, he started that franchise. What was he before that? Do you remember? I have no clue. Actually. Yeah, it was something totally Colonel. different, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was in the, was he in the army. Uh, yeah. He's in the military. Yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> but it had nothing to do with fried chicken. No. But we only know him as was he a, a cook in the army. I don't <laughs> even believe he was that. But it's interesting. We know him as his after yeah. life. Yeah, he's always been an old guy to us. Retirement. Yeah. We don't know his before retirement, which is really interesting. Phase four, and this is when you've really made it. This is a truly uh, uh, good retirement when you've said, I've made it to phase four. And that is where you reinvent and repurpose. And not everybody breaks through this and reaches phase four. The happiest do. And the least happy are stuck in phase one. Mm. They are very shallow, hmm. so to speak. And so almost everyone reaches phase two, and they often get stuck there, which is actually very depressing. Some get to stage three, but then they fail. And then they get depressed, and they go back to stage two again. Mm-hmm. And, and so what you got to do is ask yourself as a listener, what stage are you in right now? Uh, ask yourself, in stage four, people are asking themselves, what am I about? What am I here for? Um, what will I do with that matters to others or myself? And what can I become? And so I look at, you know, when you graduate university, this is all these stages we kind of went through. A lot of people go and say, travel Europe. No. That's like the honeymoon stage no, of vacation. No. Then they're looking for a job and they're getting de- depressed and they can't find one. Then they find a job. They don't like the job. That's mm-hmm. stage three. And they go back to the drawing board. Stage four is finding that fulfilling job. Yeah, It's redoing this whole thing, but now you're in retirement. Mm-hmm. So you have to find, for, step one is you have to find your unique ability. And this is a coach called Dan Sullivan that used this uh, name, so to speak. And you got to find out what's unique about yourself. What are your personal strengths? What do you love to do? What are you passionate about? What do you do that actually gives you more energy? And that is your unique ability. And you know what? It's best to even ask a friend what your unique ability is. Because Mm. quite often, you don't know what it is. What about your spouse? You could be. Yeah, Yeah, you could very well. Because they have a different view. uh, And it's great to ask your spouse or a great friend, Mm. you know, what do you think my unique ability is? Step two is, what is that rocky moment in your life? You know where Rocky Balboa is running up the stairs, oh, his right, hands up yeah. there, <laughs> saying, dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. and what is that? In, where did you have that feeling in the past? And maybe you can build on that for your retirement. Maybe mm-hmm. you can do something similar that you'd have that feeling. And step three is to meld the first one. Find your unique. I just ab- have this vision in my head of all these seniors uh, running up the stairs like Rocky, you know, putting their hands and pumping their fists <laughs> in the air. Well, it's funny. If you meld those two together, you'll find your life's purpose. And Harvard University interviewed 15,000 people. And like I said, the unhappiest retires have not gone to doing anything productive beyond pleasing themselves. The happiest got to stage four. Hmm. So you look at this in like three circles. You got your passion, what you're passionate about, your strengths and gifts or your unique ability. And the third one would be your desire to make a difference. And you put all of these circles and where they intersect is that sweet spot. And that is what you should be doing. And it's really talking about that with your spouse or your, even your, like I said, your financial planner. We get into a lot of things mm. and these conversations are going and it's not always, it's not always about money. Yes, you can afford it. You're financially yeah. independent. Now what? And so you identify this. So you know you're in stage four when you have identified your unique ability you found your high points and you can springboard yourself to the next successful and you put that action in motion and that's stage four. You've now beat it. So really in review, 
you say, okay, there's four stages. You cannot avoid these stages. Mm -hmm. They're going to happen to everybody. You can plan for them, but everybody will stay in different stages longer. Some won't even make stage three and stage four, but they all generally make stage two and mm -hmm. stage one, which is the commercial, the honeymoon. Stage two is the most dangerous, but you got to push through that stage two. You definitely have to get through it. It's going to be better. You will find something that you can add value and feel good about. Um, sure, you get to that trial and error, but you you don't, just because you fail, don't go back to stage two. Hmm. Push on into stage four. And there's so many talented people out there that they should use those skill sets. It's amazing with retirement not mandatory at 65, people are often reducing their workload now, but they're doing things they like. Yeah. And they're still getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. So it's not that it's a job, it, they're getting paid for it. So I guess I, it is, you know, a job per se, but they're doing things they enjoy doing. So a perfect example, I met this bicycle tour guide in New York City. He happened to love his city. Mm -hmm. He loved the history of the city. He loved the sights. He, was, he loved talking to people and he loved to cycle. He added all those things. He found yeah. his life's, life's purpose and it was being a bicycle tour guide. And what a great tour guide he was. Yeah. He was so passionate. And I could tell mm -hmm. that he was definitely in a stage four of his retirement and you know, good for him. Mm. Perfect. All right, we are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson, Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call them now and leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165 and check out their website at andyanddon.com. There you can listen to old shows and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Take a, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson, Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call them now and leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. All right, tax refunds are in their way, are on their way in. If they're not already, uh, are you going to blow it? What do, you, what do we do with it? You going to make know, us feel I guilty couldn't, here? I couldn't, finish, I couldn't finish tax time without talking about your refund and mm -hmm. not getting a refund. Oh, Another okay. reason why you shouldn't get a refund. Yeah. And uh, the, the, this is something that's, there was a great article talking about mental accounting. And this was research done by Dr. Solman, who's a director of behavioral economics at the Rotman School of uh, Business. And uh, when he talked about our mental accounting, we tend to put things into perspective. For example, um, he talked about an, uh, an individual who worked at and his job. He had a salary, a base salary, mm -hmm. and then he had commission. Mm -hmm. And so because of the source of that revenue, the salary was always in his head. His mental accounting was that that was for shelter and for serious things, right. but the commissions were for painting the town. Wow. And he always had that, that mm -hmm. sort of mentally in his head, if he earned that bonus, that's how it was going to be spent. So we tend to treat money differently depending on the source. So when you think about a tax refund, and the average refund in Canada is about $1,350, so if you're higher than that, great, lower, that's fine. But basically, when you think about it, it's a new source of money in our brain. So yeah. our mental accounting feels it's like it's a windfall. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. And so when we think about windfall, what do we do? Are we going to do something wise with that money or are we probably going to blow it? Mm -hmm. And we tend to lean on the mental accounting side. It tends to be on the blow it side. So this is why we don't want refunds mm -hmm. because it's too easy to use 
use our mental accounting and give ourselves just the, the luxury of being able to spend this. Oh, to have it. fun? Who would want well, that? Well, it's called, it's called labeling, right? We label money. There's fun money and there's serious money. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, so I gave an example in our mental accounting system. One an example would be, let's say, and this, the doctor, um, he likes watching cricket. And so he said, you know, if I buy a $50 cricket ticket, and there's two parts to this mental accounting. So the first thing is I open up my account, my mental account that I've invested $50, I now have a ticket. And then when I actually attend the event, I close the account because I've had the experience. Mm. But let's say the opposite happened. You know, I bought the ticket, but I couldn't attend. So now I have a, a sort of, I'm in the red. Yeah. I haven't closed the account. And so the mental accounting didn't add up. And so again, when we come back to tax refunds, they tend we tend to think of them as, uh, as windfalls. And when you think about the process, when we look at behavioral investing as well, we think about gains and losses differently. And the fact is that if you have on a on an absolute basis, if the pain of owing five dollars of income tax versus getting a five the pleasure of receiving a five dollar refund, right, yeah, yeah. so the, the the pain of paying that five dollars in tax is way larger mm-hmm. than than the than the pleasure of receiving five dollars in tax, right? So we hate paying tax, I know that, and we hate having to write that check for some reason at the end. But if you if you put your mind to it, what you don't want to say is, oh, well, you know, I should do something. Um, I should do something appropriate with that money. I'm going to put it in my serious column, uh, or I'm going to do. What you want to think about is, I want everybody to frame their tax refund this way: whatever I get, I'm going to take a percentage, and I'm going to use fifty percent because it's just simple. I'm going to use fifty percent of my tax refund is going to be committed to something serious. I'm going to put it in my TFSA, for example. Yeah. The other 50% is going to be fun. I'm going to blow it. Mm-hmm. It's going to paint the town. So now whatever amount you're getting, doesn't matter. You've got a system in place and you've already set up the mental accounting in right. your head. Yeah. So that when the money rolls in, it shows up in your bank account, you know that you're going to have access yeah. and you've got a plan in place. Right. So, you know, we, we talk about, and again, the purpose of, nobody goes to the effort to go to their employer and say, oh, you know what? You're taking off too much tax mm-hmm. from my paycheck because I'm getting a refund every year. Can you file this form for me at T1135 and I'm going to reduce the amount of tax held at source so that I don't have to get a refund at the end. Right. Nobody does that, right? Very few mm-hmm. people do. <clears throat> so be, the majority of people do get refunds as a result. And, um, uh, and I think from a financial standpoint, I guess the goal and the takeaway for all listeners is, and pass this around, to anybody, if they say, oh, I'm getting a big refund, you say, how much of that is going to something serious mm-hmm. and how much of that is going to be blown? Right. And there's nothing wrong with blowing it, yep. uh, blowing half of it, because yeah, it, it is a for what's savings. The what's the difference <clears throat> to uh, paying less tax at the source, but then blowing that money every week? Ah, you, you still have to be as disciplined to use you to do use that money correctly. But be, but we have a different mental accounting because of yeah. its source. Yeah, now it's yeah. coming in as our paycheck, mm-hmm. and we've always associated our paycheck with being the serious money, right? right. We've got to you know look after, pay bills, our shelter, everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's the problem is the the tax refund is a windfall. Yeah. So it goes into a different mental accounting category mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. So by it creates more discipline because we're going to treat that money seriously every month. Mm-hmm. Don and I will come along and take it scoop it away from you and put it into an investment, uh, we can do it on an automatic basis, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's, a, that's a good strategy. Anyway, so the debate will continue. <laughs> we'll have lots of discussions. And that's about- one where you two differ in opinion, don't you? 
it, it's a refund yeah. versus uh, versus paying description. And I I say why loan the government money? And uh, and our mental accounting plays out that we're not very good at dealing with refunds. Mm-hmm. And so in a perfect world, if everybody took that refund and was disciplined with it, then I think it all w- comes out in the wash. <laughs> but uh, too many times we uh, I have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's good. So yeah. you know you've already created you've already done your mental yeah. accounting yeah. of what's going to happen with that money. You know exactly where it's going to go. Yeah. But for a lot of people, as I said, we put it in the windfall category, and it's just too big easy to screen spend. TV. Yeah. Something, yeah, something well, fun. Paint the town. <laughs> well, you know what? You've got this refund for a reason at times, and some quite often you've borrowed money to an RSP, mm-hmm. and this is part of the financial plan to repay that loan off. So that doesn't add any fun at all. That's but true. But it does build up your retirement yeah. nest egg, yeah. or you're adding that directly into the RESP. So depending on your financial planner, you may have already have that earmarked um, for some, you know investments that will help for your kids' education or paying mm-hmm. down debt or credit card debt, et cetera. You need but a plan. at the end of the day, you still need a plan, and that really makes a difference. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox have been here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. They will return your call and take a peek at the website, andyanddon.com. Thank you, gentlemen. Have Thanks, a great Scott. Week.